Jones, 30, 35, 40, east of midfield, and then every kick. The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Stasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me Your News Network, and this is the 40th episode of the podcast on September 25th, 2013. Big 4-0, hitting the midlife crisis, but not really. It's our second year of the show, and we're about four to five weeks into the new football season. Mm-hmm. Joel, how are things going with you? Good. Um, kind of a lackluster football weekend when you compare it to the week before. I mean, that was college and NFL was just great games all over the place. That's true. It was a, it was a bit of a rough schedule. And yeah, you were at the West Virginia game, too. Well, I wasn't at this game this Okay. This week because okay. it was a away game. That's but, right. That's uh, I'm, right. Kind of, I'm glad that I didn't go because we just got obliterated. <laughs> I was gonna say like if I was at home, that would just be even more demoralizing. Yeah. Well, hey, we got Oklahoma State this week, so. <laughs> and as a Michigan fan, I know about demoralizing wins, huh? Funny how that works out. And and wasn't that that game was like the ABC game? It was night ABC it game. Was the ABC game at night. Well, I mean that kind of shows you just what the week was like when you got game day over there in North, what, North Dakota, Dakota State, yep. and With uh, the it Bison. Just, yeah, it just uh, this week is going to be so much different. <laughs> yes, it will, and we will get to that. But first, we recap what we talked about last week. And see how things stand one week later. Uh, the Major League Baseball wildcard standings. You have about four games. I think teams are in their last series mm-hmm. uh, going in. And right now you do have the National League. Their wildcard teams are set. You do have the Pittsburgh Pirates getting in and the Cincinnati Reds. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently, Pittsburgh's one game up on Cincinnati, each with a few to go. Uh, so it's really going to be all about that positioning and coming down the wire with who's hosting the game at home for the play-in. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, in the American League, just like we predicted, at least for the time being, it's Tampa Bay and Cleveland. Uh, Tampa Bay one game up on Cleveland. And Texas is one game back on Cleveland there. But Kansas City and the Yankees, they are on the brink of elimination. Baltimore had a really rough series with Tampa Bay, and that's thrown them you know, back in the loop pretty much out of contention. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how those, you know, sort itself out in the next few games. Also, the the Cleveland Browns. What'd you make of that one? I mean, hey, they they seem to be doing all right this year, <laughs> comparatively to how they usually start. Uh, they're doing better than the Steelers. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, but yeah, and then uh, I mean, you know, the Colts this weekend looking really good. Really, really got a big win. You know, uh, Trent Richardson with his new team touchdown on the first touch. Yeah, but I think the Browns won, and I don't want to, you know, give you know Tony Th's team, uh, you know, fellow podcast host on Show Me Your News. I don't want to give his Browns too much credit. I think Brian Hoyer did play better than expected. Mm -hmm. 
But Minnesota is also not a good team this year. Yeah. And they just lost two straight games, beaten on the same kind of play, on the same side of the field, in the end zone, the, that kind of corner route. <laughs> same side of the field, same corner, you know, 10 seconds left in the game. Uh, to lose back-to-back games like that, that's that's tough. Yeah, you got to wonder, like, if Adrian Peterson was on some other team, like, what that could be like. Mm. Yeah. That's for sure. But, you know, Jordan Cameron is the biggest piece they have right now. Three touchdowns. Mm -hmm. He's, you know, one of the best tight ends right now playing. Yep. Him and, uh, oh, my goodness, New Orleans tight end Jimmy Graham. Oh, yeah. Like, those two are the best in the game right now. Yeah, if if you've got one of those guys on your fantasy league, God bless you. (laughs) Breaking it in. (laughs) Uh, And then, you know, Nebraska wins. uh, They weren't playing much of anyone. I don't even know if we actually made the prediction last week. I, th- I was we were really tired at the end of that episode, and mm-hmm. I, I looked back and I was like, we didn't actually make our prediction of how many wins we thought Nebraska would have that year. Uh, yeah, well, see, I think I was I'm pretty sure I was thinking like somewhere in the like seven or eight range, like probably the most they could win. See, I'm thinking nine and three. Um, the Big Ten this year is not that good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you do have some quality opponents, but you know the team shows enough spark on offense. Even though I think uh, Taylor Martinez is out this week for them, yeah. uh, they, I think they'll show enough spark on offense to power through most of the average to bad defenses. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was just like, I just think of how much worse their defense is than their offense is good. That's true. Like that's the way I think of it, and I like. I look at Michigan, and I think, like, every week I've watched Michigan, their defense has gotten better each week. It's just their offense that looks awful. It's the lines. Yeah, and, the and lines Ohio State's is defense just... looks good. And I would just, when I compare them to a lot of the other defenses in the Big Ten, I think, I think like, a lot of these teams with offensive struggles could go in that game and score 40 points on them. Like, it's nothing. Yeah. So, Interesting. That's why I was leaning towards the seven mark, seven one mark instead. Very interesting. Yeah, but you know, no punishment for Bo Pelini there. We're mm-hmm. gonna get in this week's red zone, where are the top three sports stories of the week. We start on the twenty yard line with the NBA. You wouldn't think the NBA would make news, even though they just did announce the uh, twenty fifteen All Star Game is gonna be in New York City, Brooklyn mm-hmm. hosting the uh, dunk contest and those festivities where Madison Square Garden uh, gets the actual game. But a story comes out that NBA is looking at the possibility of nickname jerseys for one game between the Miami Heat and the Brooklyn Nets, where the you know last names of players would not be featured on the back of jerseys, but their nicknames would. What do you make of this? Uh, it, it looks like a way to sell jerseys to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it looks like money, <laughs> um, which is why like I could see them if, if they were thinking about it, you know, probably be like a one or two game kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, like a special limited edition thing where they say it's like a limited edition thing and be like, oh, these are now in stores and they're there all season. Like, yeah. it's just I I think it's um I don't know if if the players themselves think it's okay like you know they're like yeah sure you know i mean i'm gonna make money off of this too and and the nba is gonna make money off of it um it almost makes too much sense in a way 
like money wise. And so I think that, you know, you you might have people complain, oh, well, um, you know, the the player's last name. It's like it's all about their name. They're, They're representing their family, you know, that kind of thing. Why do they need a like a nickname or whatever? And then you have the players who don't really have a nickname. Yep. Exactly. Um, so I think it's focused more on big name players who they've just developed nicknames, you know, and, you know, some of them might have a few, but, um, you know, some of them are so obvious, like that's how we refer to them. Sometimes we don't even refer to them by their name. We just refer to them by their, this nickname that we've mm-hmm. made up. And I think that's why it kind of makes sense because, you know, they already have these nicknames but i don't know if if it's gonna if it maybe if it somehow helps these people these players that are lesser known just be like oh i kind of like this nickname maybe i'm gonna follow this player kind of thing because i don't know i think in this society that's kind of how things are they're like something sounds catchy it's just like advertising something sounds catchy that's how you remember it i mean that is if those players have those kinds of nicknames Mm -hmm. um because I know they were just talking about Shane Battier. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, I guess his nickname must be Batman. Like, Battier, Batman. Mm-hmm. I, it's a dumb nickname. But they can't put Batman on the back of the jersey and you'll sell it for money because of Warner Brothers. Yeah. So, what do they come up with? Apparently, Shano. <laughs> like, really? That's That's not your nickname. Same thing with Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade is like breaking the fundamental rule of nicknames in that you don't give yourself a nickname. He's trying to call himself three based on how many rings he's won and his jersey number. You're D-Wade. You put that on the back of the jersey. No, you're absolutely right. From a fan and a money perspective, it's a great idea. It makes a lot of sense. As an outside observer and not a you know, fan, really, of the NBA. I think it's really dumb. I think it's so self-centered. And it's not about... It's becoming more about the individual and not the team or not even, you know, the name. I mean, I think, you know, having the last name on the back of jerseys, like, it's it's a good idea. You look at a lot of the teams uh, in professional sports that kind of abandon even that idea. I mean, the Yankees, a perfect example. They just you know, play the number on the back. They play for the team. Um, you know, there's there's some kind of honor in that. But if it were, it just feels like it's all about the players and yeah, making that that buck. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I always, whenever I think of that, I always think of Penn State. Yeah. Um, Penn State's another good example. That's kind of how they they rolled. But I think like in in today's society, that wasn't as po- like a popular idea. Mm-hmm. Like. People like to have their names on the back of their jerseys, and they, you know, they like to be represented. I, and and this is kind of just like them putting a, a spin on that. To really, it's it's all about money. Um, I maybe it's also a way for the NBA. They think they can grab more attention by saying like putting out something like this, being like, oh, what they're gonna wear nicknames on the back of their jerseys? Maybe I'll watch that game. Mm. Um, I think they're trying to draw in different fans with this kind of thing because the people who are already going to watch the games are going to watch the games. 
whether or not there's a nickname on the back of the jersey or there's nothing on the back of the jersey. So I, I think it's just a way to draw in fans and make money, um, which, and, and again, as long as the teams and the players in the NBL agree with it, I don't see why they couldn't do it for a game. Mm-hmm. But I think so, doing it like five or six games is kind of annoying. Yeah, <laughs> no, I agree with you. So we make the play here because it is a idea that's still up in the air and not finalized. Make the play. Will the jerseys actually be used during this coming season? You know, I think for all the reasons that you mentioned, you know, especially with the money and that kind of attention, I think it, it'll go through. And it's getting enough attention right now. And I don't think the feedback's been so overwhelmingly negative that they're saying, oh, oh we're going to no, not do this. It's definitely getting mixed reaction for sure. Yeah, um, and and notice like the teams that they picked that they were talking to about mm-hmm. using it. There's a lot of big name players on those yeah. rosters that yeah. that we already have nicknames for. Right. So yeah, I I think as long as they do it like one or one or two games at the most, but I'd say probably one game and um, you know in a series between those two teams. I think there's enough well-known nicknames that, you know, they'd be able to sell a lot of jerseys. I really think that's kind of what it's more about than anything. And and people will buy those jerseys like crazy if there's some kind of nickname on the back of them. Just because even people that don't follow the NBA would like to have, you know, a jersey that says this on the back of it. Mm-hmm. So. And it'd be kind of a collector's item. Yeah. Until the idea catches on, and then it becomes the standard for the NBA. God oh, no. Help us and then God it help spreads us to other yeah. sports. Oh, no. <laughs> no. I'm just about... trying to think of some of the nicknames. <laughs> <laughs> Butt fumble. <laughs> Butt fumble. <laughs> oh, that is if he's even in the league next year. <laughs> what about the 10-yard story? Um... Yeah, um, well, this story has to do with, uh, you know, former running back at Tennessee, Arian Foster, who's big-time NFL player now for the Houston Texans. Um, and they're, apparently they're going to be doing, like, a documentary now about, you know, scandals in college football, players receiving money, whether or not they should receive money in the future, that kind of thing. And he came out, you know, someone was interviewing and said, you know, well, I received you know, funding money when I was at Tennessee. Mm. He said he didn't receive it from the coaches themselves, but he received, you know, he kind of talked about how, you know, eh, you know, this kind of thing probably happens everywhere. You know, at the end of the month, you know, you know, my family didn't make a lot of money. You know, I was running out of money at the end of the month and, you know, people would say, Hey, can I take care of you this month? And, uh, or something, I think he mentioned something about a, a player, like a player or two not having enough money for food, so maybe a coach bought them dinner or something like mm-hmm. that. And that's a violation <laughs> right yep. there. But, um, you know, it, it, it's it's funny because th- these kind of things are always mentioned after the statute of limitations is up on whether or not the NCAA can... They can still investigate, but they'd have to find consistent... The, like the practices are still going on kind of thing. Yeah. If it's something that happened so many years ago and they can't really find anything to back it up, then there's not really much they can do. So. Yeah, and there's kind of a statute of limitations on these kind of things. Um, it's kind of strange to hear someone actually freely admit it. 
mm-hmm. without any you know, fear or worry about repercussions. Like, he's already making his career. Yeah. He doesn't have to talk about that when he's leaving school or jeopardize anything like that or, you know, bringing any trouble on his university because he was there in the late 90s. Yep. So, it's kind of a touchy situation when you really think about it. Um, See, I'm more along the lines of when you get to be that profile, you know, the NCAA needs to start reconsidering, you know, their flexibility. I know they're going to, you know, have rules and stipulations and they're going to want to try to be fair to all sports. But right now, football is not on the same level at all with the rest of the sports in the NCAA with what it brings in financially to the institutions. Mm-hmm. And the amount of money that is made because of these players. You look at the statistics from Johnny Manziel at Texas A&M last year. We're talking in the multiple tens of millions of dollars in donations to the school. The success of the football program runs the alumni giving back to the university. Mm Mm-hmm. And when you take that all into consideration and how much the pockets of the university are being lined and the players can't see any of that, even though they're in a way responsible for that, something has to be done. And, you know, the NCAA says they're going to be reevaluating a lot of their procedures, you know, this coming off season. And I hope something like this, at least some flexibility is looked at a little more carefully because, the NCAA sure as hell can't, you know, manage a lot of these, you know, reviews that they're, you know, supposed to be doing. And we always mention, you know, Miami, but we have ones upcoming at, you know, Alabama even for DJ Fluker. Yep. And you know, there's a couple SEC schools. Yeah. It's, it, it seems to happen every month or so, like another school is named, you know, whether they're you know, there's some fact based into it, or much like the Oklahoma State one, it seems to fizzle out and really be a bunch of hokum reporting. Yeah, um, it, it's it's just strange how, um, you know, at that point, you know, they they think they they need to say it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even I know it's like, oh, you always want the truth out of people, but like that's very random, like. Why did he just? How did they know to like talk to him about it, anyways? Right. That that's the other thing that really confuses me. It's like someone's like, it's almost like somebody already knew mm. about it and was like, they found out and somebody came to talk to them about it. And he was like, well, it's gonna get out now, anyways. So I might as well say something. <laughs> yeah, and I I kind of feel like that's probably how it is because why would you just say it out of the blue? Otherwise. Um, yeah, I think it's just a lot more people investigating these kind of things themselves, reporters trying to investigate this stuff, uh, you know, as we saw with the Sports Illustrated thing, probably a bad example because it's, it doesn't look like it's working out where the way that they thought it would, but I mean, it probably sold them a lot of issues of Sports Illustrated. I'm sure it did. Because it, it was, like, I get Sports Illustrated, it was like a five-part series, so it was five different issues. Um, 
Just like the Rolling Stone issue with uh, Jokar Sarnayev. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I, don't, I don't know. Um, it, it, the, the, the problem with this now is like, it's like, where do we go from here? Well, I mean, what can the NCAA really do mm-hmm. now? Especially when we talk about how long ago it happened. That's true. Well, let's make the play here. Will Tennessee receive any punishment from this? What do you think, Joel? What I'm thinking is that, um, you know, whenever something comes out like this, it raises flags, it raises red flags. So the NCAA will probably send people from their compliance office to talk with their football office and make sure everything right now is going well Mm -hmm. and that they've reported all violations and that kind of thing. Which is usually usually starts with like the university themselves saying they're going to do an internal investigation. Well, they do that, but then also the NCAA sends someone over to check and make sure it's okay. Yeah. Um. Like a lot of schools hire people who worked for the NCAA. That uh, and and kind of make their own compliance, especially football offices. Now they have their own <laughs> right. compliance office and everything like that. Um. But I think as long all more as reason why football is not equal. Yeah. It's. I mean. It really isn't. It's like you can equal football. The football department at most schools now is bigger than the rest of the athletic department and bigger than some parts of the school mm-hmm. itself. Is I mean, especially with how much money they're bringing in for themselves and the school. Um, but yeah, I think as long as there's nothing going on right now, and you know they check and make sure there's not this continued thing, you won't see anything else from it because. Of how long ago it happened. Yeah, I agree. If anything, maybe the university sets some probation on themselves. I don't uh, know. I mean, but, like, strips wins from themselves in the past. I don't even know. No. They would do that. No, like, it wouldn't be anything severe, but I don't think the NCAA is going to be coming down and, you know, handing any penalties out. Yeah, like you said, you know, something that happened years ago. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I gotta be in the now, really. Yeah, and they're and speaking of that kind of thing, you know, they're they were kind of there was a little development with the Penn State. Oh, that's right. Thing this week where they they kind of took a few steps back on on what they were the punishment that they were issuing on them. Well, so. and it's a good thing to do because mm-hmm. you know Paterno passed away. Sandusky's incarcerated. I mean, basically, you're punishing the kids and the, all the administration, all the the staffs. They've been cleaned out. They've cleaned yeah, out. Yeah, the so. president stepped down. Yeah, it's a good move to kind of rescind on those, you know, very heavy-handed punishments, which were in the first place, and it's it shows some kind of changing of what the NCAA would normally seem to do. So that's mm-hmm. a good thing. The five-yard story comes from the NHL, mm-hmm. whose regular season starts next week. Very exciting. They're starting to wrap up all the preseason games. And this is a big year for the NHL because of the division and conference realignment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you still have the East and the West, but you have the Detroit Red Wings and the Columbus Blue Jackets moving from the West to the East and technically giving them, I believe, a couple more teams. Yeah. I think there are two more teams in the uh, 
East than the West. That's right. Counting, yes, eight teams in each division in the East and seven teams in each in the West. Uh, I don't know how they came up with that or... Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, one way I kind of think about it is just population base. Like, that, it kind of makes sense, too. Because, I mean, they're just, you know, you're going to have more viewers in the East anyways. That's true. That's a good point. Um, But then you have the different divisions. You have the Atlantic, which has uh, Toronto Blue Jays. And now it's baseball. I'm, I'm tired. How about the Toronto Maple yeah. Leafs? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay Lightning, Boston Bruins, Buffalo Sabres, uh, Ottawa Senators, Florida Panthers, Montreal Canadiens, and Detroit Red Wings. So you have a lot of those you know, Canadian teams. A uh, good chunk of the original six in there with yeah. Toronto, Boston, Montreal, and Detroit. Uh, one of them, you get the Rangers in the Metropolitan uh, that's my phone going off. The <laughs> Metropolitan Division. You get a lot of the East Coast teams near the New York area. So Columbus Blue Jackets happen to fit in there. Then the Washington Capitals, New Jersey Devils, Pittsburgh Penguins, Philadelphia Flyers, New York Rangers and Islanders, and the Carolina Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Uh, then over in the West, you have the Central and the Pacific. Uh, that's That's really no different than the names of what they had before, but in the central, kind of a lot of the teams near the central time zone with, you know, Chicago Blackhawks, Dallas Stars, Minnesota Wild, St. Louis Blues, Nashville Predators, Colorado Avalanche, Winnipeg Jets, uh, followed by the Pacific teams, which, of course, on the West Coast, Edmonton Oilers, Calgary Flames, San Jose Sharks, Anaheim Ducks, Los Angeles Kings, Phoenix Coyotes, and Vancouver Canucks. A lot of the California teams, obviously, then in the Pacific Division. Mm-hmm. Uh, another big move that we you know, pointed out last time when we were talking about the division realignment here on down the sidelines was Dallas was a big move yep. uh, for the division that they were in because they used to be in the Pacific Division and they were playing teams that were on you know the Pacific Time Zone a lot, you know teams in California. Dallas, however, is in Central Time. So that means whenever they're taking a road trip, you're going through Mountain and then Pacific time. So jet lagged hard all the time. So that's one of the big things with this as well. I know with Detroit, which is always, you know, local team and all, they've always kind of clamored for the Eastern Conference, you know, despite being in the West for years, they would always be making these trips out to California Mm -hmm. for their, their big West Coast road trips. Or even if they were, you know, traveling... Just a bunch of the time zone travel was you know really tough, not only for the team but for the fans. Like I wasn't about to start watching a hockey game that started at ten thirty at night Eastern time against like the Los Angeles Kings. Like that just wasn't gonna happen. Yeah, it's like Pac twelve territory. <laughs> exactly. Time exactly. zones. Yeah, and we'll get to one of those games in our pick six. One of the ones that's at ten thirty. That's looking. Quite appetizing, mm-hmm. but and this is this is a big thing for the NHL, and you know, to have a lot of these teams, you know, realigned where it makes sense for their, you know, opponents locally. Mm-hmm. I know, Pittsburgh, I mean, definitely. What, what's what's on this year for the Penguins? What are the expectations? 
I think they're uh, they're still pretty high. I mean, you know, you go look at odds makers. I think they're uh, fifteen to two mm. for the Stanley Cup, and I'm pretty sure that's like it's either got to be second or third place right now for the odds. I mean. You know, you've you got Chicago. Chicago is definitely there. Let's see, uh, six to one, mm. and the Bruins, of course, ten to one, and then uh, Los Angeles, twelve to one. Uh, I think St. Louis is the same as Los Angeles, and then down from the, I think Detroit's down the six sixteen one. So, um, you know, a lot of the teams that I think. If you watched the, if you watched you know the playoffs last year, you would expect to be up there as favorites in the standings. Um, you know, what was it? Chicago had they didn't just have like the best record. They also did the best in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And for what what was it like two games or something? We thought they were finished. That's yeah, true. Yeah, you remember that more than anybody. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they were up three one. Yeah. That that one hurt. That one still hurts. <laughs> and then uh, you know, for the pi- the pirates, I think they were the one seed going in on their side, and uh, the Penguins. Yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're getting the baseball and the hockey <laughs> yeah. mixed up. Jeez, gosh, <laughs> they're just on my mind right now. Yeah, it's <laughs> big. It's big baseball time right now. Um, but then you know, and then the Bruins just killed them. I mean, mm. they, there's not really any other way to put it. They just destroyed them really um and so kind of after that you know everyone's thinking oh well I, I i think the bruins went in as the favorites in the championship game and then block blackhawks kind of just took over with that last game that everybody kind of just kind of wants to forget mm-hmm. for what it's worth the penguins are playing the red wings right now in exhibition mm-hmm. and penguins are up on the red wings two to nothing at the end of the first but it's preseason. Who cares? Let's talk about the Stanley Cup Finals because that's not reaching at all. We make the play in our predictive development <laughs> of the show. Who plays in and wins this year's Stanley Cup Finals? I've got the Boston Bruins beating the Chicago Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. I, I like Boston's you know team. The the defense is always strong with them. You know Tuka Rask is getting more experience in net. They had Tim Thomas move on to Florida. Interesting move for him. Uh, but they have enough talent up front, I think, to put the puck in the net. And they just have the, the toughness that you're going to need in playoff hockey. While I do you know, think Chicago's team is very loaded as well, like we, sh- we saw last year that they can be beatable. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, it's really tough to repeat in the NHL. So, And you've know, got to mention for last year, not only did Chicago get off to that you know amazing start, but it was half a year. You know, all those games meant something, which was fun to watch. I, a lot of sports, you know, NFL and NCAA football aside, they just have too many games, and so you know when each game is a premium, and it means something. It kind of gives some more weight, you know, at least to the fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, I like you know Boston over Chicago. Yeah. Um... I mean, yeah, I, I think at least on the uh, was it the eastern side, 
Like, you know, I definitely like Boston. Um, I was like, I was, you know, really surprised that they didn't beat Chicago in the finals. Um, just because I really don't, I don't think I've ever seen that kind of dominant performance that deep in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, well, at least what a lot of a lot of people thought the Pirates had, you know, one of the most talented teams they've ever had, and the Penguins are certainly a very talented team. Yes, yes, the the and they just completely shut them down. I'm just imagining and, Andrew McCracken skating on the ice. It's no big deal. <laughs> I just can't get it out of my head. McCutcheon and McCutcheon. <laughs> McCracken, and, uh, what the hell is that about? That's terrible. Who is that? I don't. Quentin um, McCracken. <laughs> I think they, that's a name. That that is a good baseball name, though. That's a name somewhere. <laughs> the crack of the bat. Yeah. Um, he makes the cutch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just uh, I think that they're too talented not to make it back, and uh, you know, I I probably like you know, kind of strange that. I also picked Chicago to go to. Mm. <laughs> but I think that, you know, there's a reason that they're the favorites overall. Um, you know, you you kind of base it on what you saw them do last. And, I mean, you know, the dominant in the regular season and in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, hard I not have, to I pick them less, to get back yeah, there. Less teams to compete against now in the West, so. Yeah, mm-hmm, too. That, too. And, um so yeah, I'm. I think I'm gonna take. Uh, not not too surprised. That it's kind of the same pick: Chicago and Boston there. And... Just like our NFL predictions, same teams <laughs> swap champs. Yeah. We'll see how that plays out. Well, we got a breeze through the replay here. Uh, we'll start in college football: Florida A&M at Ohio State minus fifty and a half. I picked Ohio State because I said Urban Meyer is an asshole because he runs up the score. <laughs> Look what happened. Uh, that game was almost covered in the first half. Yeah, I mean, you if you look at like the stats for that game, it's almost kind of like they forgot to put the stats up for the other team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. if you look in the box score, just like everything, the stats, it's like ridiculous. But I do believe, as far as statistics goes... Louisville's. If you go look at the the game that Louisville played yeah. this weekend, I think the other team rushed something like thirty times for three yards or something wow. like that, and they had like seventy yards of total offense in that game. So everybody, you know, out there, go look at the stats for that game because it's comical. <laughs> it is really like they didn't put up anything for the so, other team. Kenny Guyton, the Buckeye quarterback. You know, throws six touchdown passes. That's a school record. He did that all in the first half. Yeah. Uh, 76 to nothing, the final there. North Carolina at Georgia Tech, minus six and a half. Georgia Tech needs to come back, and they win the game by eight, so they cover. A lot of people thought, think that, well, you know, when they see, like, an option team like that, they think uh, once they, you get them down, it's kind of hard for them to come back. But You run the ball. They still, yeah. I yeah. mean, if, they, if you can't stop them, then I don't really... It's not like just because you don't throw the ball a lot, you can't throw the ball. They can still throw the ball. If anything, they probably play action better than any other team out there. So, um, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, North Carolina had them down. They, you know, North Carolina's got a good offense. Mm-hmm. You know? so, They're wearing th- cool jerseys, yeah, too. I, I, like think the... that, I think that Georgia Tech's defense is pretty good. 
mm-hmm. because I uh, who was it? South Carolina struggled a lot with North Carolina early in the season. That's right. That's going to be a fun game on a Thursday with Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. It'll be a, a fun one there. Michigan State going to Notre Dame minus four and a half. The Irish pull it out by four, seventeen to thirteen. So by our picking against the spread, Michigan State. You pick the Spartans, you get that point. I'll mm-hmm. tell you, watching this game, uh, the officials played a big part. In it. You know, Michigan State has very physical corners. Uh, there are about five pass interference calls against them, about half of which were not justified at all. And continued Notre Dame drives. And then Michigan State tried a trick play when they had all the momentum you know, starting to come back and putting together drives against that good Notre Dame defense. They run a wide receiver reverse throw and it was red through in double coverage, you know, picked off and that really changed the momentum in the game. And not to mention Michigan state still has issues with their quarterback situation, which isn't, is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, they have one like, of, sorry, go ahead. Oh no. I was just going to say, isn't like, uh, the thing I've kind of noticed about, uh, the Reese kid this year is mm-hmm. that he, um, Instead of like throwing interceptions, he just throws the ball to no one. <laughs> he's really like, bad when he's chased out of the pocket. His accuracy is terrible. Like it's almost like his completion percentage has gone down just because he can't even throw the ball to the other team. <laughs> it depends. Like if he if he has <laughs> yeah. time with that offensive line, he'll be able to hit some targets. Yeah, like, but... like he's not turning the ball over like he did last year. Right, right. Which is good because their defense is not nearly as good as it was, but um it's it good, seems but like it's not nearly like if he could just come if he could get a few more completions like they wouldn't be having these close get games i mean that that michigan game wouldn't have gotten even closer right so now, i mean michigan state has one of the best defenses in the country oh yeah it's really mm-hmm. impressive to watch but their offense if their offense could be average like there's there's been some t- statistics thrown around here locally that are kind of akin to the wins against replacement the war statistic mm-hmm. in baseball like Basically saying that if they, you know, even last year as well, because their offense was really bad last year too, but if they had at least an average offense as opposed to just a terrible one, team could go 10-2. and two. Yeah. Last year they went 7-6, and six, and this year we'll see how they stack up against Big Ten competition. That defense will keep them in games though for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tennessee at Florida minus 16.5. Florida was driving at the end of the game to put it over that 16.5 and... A half and they blew it. <laughs> that first <laughs> half was also a ton of turnovers, too. I think Deadspin put up a low-lights reel of all the different... Oh, it was bad. Not, not to mention that they lost their quarterback. They lost just Driscoll. Um, so, you know, whenever that kind of thing happens, you always wonder, when the other person steps in, is this going to be a huge drop-off? Or Surprisingly, no. Um, you know, I mean, I think that the, the kid came in and played fine. I think the fact that He's got so many weapons around him on offense, just a lot of speed mm-hmm. at the tailback position, wide receiver position. He doesn't have to do that much. Plus, he can run. He's athletic. And, um, you know, we're talking about defense. Right now, from what I've watched this season, Florida might have the best defense that I've seen this year. Um, you know, that you say, oh, well, they still gave up 17 points. I think that they might have the best defense. Just, uh, you know, we were talking about Alabama earlier this year, but clearly that's not the case mm-hmm. um, with them. And, um, you know, but just like Michigan State, I think that overall, if you could look from their the front lines, the secondary, probably the most talented defense there is. 
So I think as long as they don't turn the ball over a bunch and just they kind of manage the game on offense, they'll be in just about every game they play. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Um, what else? Arizona State at Stanford minus five and a half to blow out there, forty-two twenty-eight. Only ranked matchup of the week, and you know Stanford put it to them. Yep. Was, I mean that the game was not as close as the score indicate indicates. It was was like twenty-nine to nothing at the end of the first half, something crazy like that. Um, kind of exposed Arizona State. You know, I didn't think they were a top 25 team and Stanford kind of showed us that and Stanford also showed us that they are good. <laughs> Very mm-hmm. good. Yep. So, um, yeah, that, you know, looking more and more forward to a kind of Oregon Stanford battle out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kansas state at Texas, Mac Brown's job more or less on the line. Minus five and a half gets it done. 31, 21. And they were, they're crushing them. Yeah. Like, I, I'm pretty sure it was, like, 20, I don't know, like, 24, 25 to 7 or something at one point. So, mm-hmm. uh, Penn State beats up Kent State 34 nothing, spread of 21 for the Nittany Lions. Uh, that just not much of a contest there for, for as far as shutouts are concerned. Then you had, that was our extra point. So I had to pick uh, Michigan at Connecticut plus 17.5, that ABC night game. Michigan needs a last second field goal to win. I, they're in going to a bye week. They need it so badly. It's a brutal team to watch right now. Their line play on both sides of the ball has been not like a sieve, but you know they're not getting any push at the point of attack on either end. And you're not going to make... A big difference. These were two bad teams, Akron and Connecticut, and mm-hmm. they were squeakers. Well, yeah, UConn. Um, they, I think that didn't they get like a fumble return for a touchdown? Yep. Mm-hmm. They were up twenty-one-seven. Like yeah, it it just uh, it seems like Michigan's finding all these ways to turn the ball over yes. on offense, and I feel like if they weren't turning the ball over, they'd probably be able to put together drives with those. And at least make the games not so close. Um, just need to figure out some way to stop turning the ball over as much as they are. Because I think everything starts with that. As I can attest to with the next game that I'm going to talk about. Yeah. And then you had the West Virginia game. Yeah. Um, let's see. I, I think it was something. It was either five or six turnovers. Uh 21 points off turnovers for Maryland. And at that point, game's pretty much over. Especially when you've got a freshman starting at quarterback. Um, we didn't really take any shots downfield. Wide receivers had one catch mm. the entire game. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it just it looked at like one point. I think since our, our quarterback threw a pick six, ever since then... It was like the offensive coordinator was afraid to throw the ball downfield at can't, all. Can't and, and, and if you can't run the ball, which we could not run the ball at all, which is a shame with the running backs we have, um, it equals no offense. So, And then every time we got the ball, we actually forced turnovers. Two or three pleats later, we'd fumble the ball. <laughs> so, there's a lot of problems there, and... 
you know, they've got a lot of work to do this week with probably the best team on their schedule coming in to play them nice and early. Yes, yes. So I'm at four and three for the week. Uh, gets me to a few games under 500. You went two and five, bit of a slide. Yeah, I think but... I had like two or three backdoor cover games that really mm. messed me up. Yeah. Like I would have probably got even, but. It gets um... you back to 500 on the year, though. So yeah. you're in a good position. And we've got uh, Decaf78 and Skulljumper on the Sminja side of things. They're 16 and 12. Pretty respectable for the crazy world of college football. Yep. Uh, on the NFL side of things, Detroit at Washington minus one. The Redskins fall to 0-3. And uh, while the Lions surprisingly pull things out without Reggie Bush, uh, Robert Griffin III is not the same. Nope. It, just not the same. It looks awkward running, makes you know some bad decisions. He was... Rolling out on one and tries to throw it to the sideline, maybe forced to a receiver, it gets picked off, and you could have just thrown it away. It's looking like a a disappointing year for the Redskins, a team we both picked to win the East. Yep. Uh, Tampa Bay at New England. I thought that game would be pretty close with how Tampa Bay's defense was playing. New England was in charge the whole game, 23-3. Not even close on that one. Surprisingly also not close, Houston and Baltimore. Plus one, uh, Baltimore... You know, Ray Lewis's number being retired or honored or what have you. And, you know, you have the a lot of the big you know, special teams plays. Baltimore wins 30-9. Yeah, and, I mean, Houston really has a lot of work to do this week because, you know, like kind of like the Redskins going into this season, a lot of people, you know, thought they'd probably have the best record in their division, mm-hmm. kind of take it over. Yeah. Um, but just defensively and offensively struggling right now and uh, probably got the best team in the NFL to coming in to play them. <laughs> right now, that would be the case, yeah. Uh, Buffalo at the New York Jets, minus one. Jets commit 20 penalties for an obscene amount of yards, and they still win the game by a touchdown. Uh, Buffalo couldn't do much right. Yeah. Game. I mean, that was that was a strange one to watch, especially near the end of the game when the Jets were basically racking up those penalties and basically almost giving the game away. It was yeah, like crazy. killing, killing. You know, they could have got first downs and ended the game, and they were getting penalties. Mm-hmm. It was yep. just like, what are you doing? Another team really disappointing: uh, Chicago at Pittsburgh, plus two and a half, and Chicago put the stamp down on them, forty yeah. to twenty-three, and that one was over early and. They tried to make a comeback, but not too much. Yeah, and I think that this is like another thing when you're when you're struggling to, you know, run the ball on offense and move the ball, you start to force things, and that they once they start turning the ball over, yeah, I well, mean, five turnovers. It kind, yeah, it kind of turned into just like a railroad. I mean, what's that like? Bizarro world, right? In in Pittsburgh, the the Pirates are making the playoffs. Steelers are zero and three. I mean, pretty much, it's it is like a giant reverse, because I, I, I mean, it's at least at this point right now, you gotta think it's gonna be hard for them to recover and make the playoffs. But then you've already got the Pirates in the playoffs. Yeah, I'll give some more entertainment during the fall. And then on Monday Night Football, the Raiders go to the Denver Broncos minus fourteen and a half, and the Broncos do cover by 16, 37 to twenty one. So I went three and three. You went four and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the big swing game there was the Tampa Bay-New England game. I think everyone else picked New England except me. 
So the Sminja leaders were Decap 78 and Skull Jump. Well, they're, at, they're at 12 and 6. You know, he find, didn't he get, he got a weapon back mm, this yeah. week, didn't he? Yeah, I, I, I think that that kind of shows you just how and bad that team needed some other receiver. He's still without Gronkowski and Amendola. And you know, Tom Brady can do things like that. It's impressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now Tampa Bay's, you know, benching Josh Freeman. Yeah. Or Mike Glennon, uh, rookie out of NC State. Uh, that'll be something to watch. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I feel like Glennon was responsible for for some kind of big upset. There was, was a big upset at NC State. Where was it? They... The Florida State, or I can't remember. I think How, they did. Ago. I think they were the ones that upset upset Florida yeah, State last year. Yeah, they threw the ball like fifty times or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's get to the pick six, though. Week five of college football. It starts in Morgantown, where the Oklahoma State Cowboys come and take on the West Virginia Mountaineers. Plus eighteen at noon Eastern time. I'm taking the Mountaineers. I think you got to bounce back. From mm-hmm. that kind of disappointing outing on the road, you're coming back home, playing to that fan base, and 18 points is a lot. You gotta mm-hmm. you gotta fight for some pride there. Um, I think you know the the Cowboys can put up a lot of points, but you know I think West Virginia can do enough with the running game to you know at least I don't think they win the game, but I think they you know prevent Oklahoma State from covering 18. Yeah, I mean, um, definitely, you know, it, it, you got to think about, like, how much game tape they had this week to look at the things they need to improve on. It was, you know, I rewatched the game every week to look for highlights, and honestly, I didn't do any highlights this week because there weren't any. Yeah. Um, I, and I watched back through it, and there's a lot of things that they can fix. I, You know, when you've got a young quarterback like that, He's learning, and I think it's kind of good that they're you know sticking with this quarterback because next year he's going to be better mm-hmm. because he's going to have gone through a whole season, kind of get familiar with the teams and stuff. Um, it was his second start, <laughs> so <laughs> you know, hostile environment, that kind of thing. But uh, coming back home, I think uh, I think there's not. I don't think there's a problem with the defense. I think the defense at this point in the season is the strong point of the entire team because they've had a few special team struggles too, um, which is kind of crazy because last year the defense was like everything that was wrong with that team. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, that, which, which is why I can't believe how much they improved over the offseason because it's the same players, mm. the same exact players. Um so yeah, I think that you know if our defense can keep them from going over the top, which you know will be kind of tough because they've got some really good receivers and you know probably the best quarterback in the conference. Um, as long as you can hold them, keep them in check, I think how they do that is they stop them from running the ball. You know, make them throw the ball when they don't want to, mm-hmm. and um, I think we could keep it within two touchdowns. Which is crazy because we just got our butts, I mean, spanked pretty much. Yeah. All right. So, who, who do you have in this one? Um, oh, LSU Georgia. Mm-hmm, yeah. So LS. So you have West Virginia. Oh yeah, I'm right, taking West Virginia. Right. All right. Um, but then yeah, next game the the pretty much the big game. At least I think it's the big game because. 
everything goes through the SEC. Mm-hmm. Um, LSU at Georgia. Um, Georgia's actually favored at home by three, um, which I don't know if, you know, after watching after watching them their play this week, this past week, if um, that number went down mm. quite a bit because for a while there, they were... I think were, that was a trap game. They're looking <laughs> yeah, I mean, forward to this one. For a while there, they were they were in a game with North Texas, um, and LSU looked really do- dominant again. They, um, I mean, they were pretty much toying with the other team, um, you know. And and I think Auburn's really improved this year, but um, you know, that Hill kid from LSU is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Jordan Hill is um, very talented, and Zach yeah. Zach Mettenberger's playing. A lot better too. Oh yeah, like I mean, when we think LSU, we always think defense, and clearly that defense isn't as solid as it has been in the past. And I mean, when you lose that many guys, it's hard to. But I, they're still capable of winning games. There's a lot of talent there and speed. Um, I don't know, I, and I think maybe it's because of the defense. And then, like, if I look at George's defense, and I kind of lean towards the defenses. I'm just going to pick LSU in this game because I think their defense is talented enough to keep that Georgia running game in check, which is pretty much what makes that offense so much better than if it was just Aaron Murray throwing the ball over the place. Yeah, I've got LSU as well. Uh, I like you know, the improved quarterback play, the defense, and Les Miles is going to be gutsy. Um <laughs> I know, you know, the home crowd might help. Pun it, pun it on Thursday. There you go. Yeah, make it happen. Um, I just got, I got a feeling about LSU. This, this is going to be a good year for them. You know, it's going to come down to that Alabama game once again. And, you know, while Georgia can put up a, a tough fight, uh, they're really going to need to focus on the games in the East, uh, the SEC East for them. I like LSU to to win the game outright, even though they're not favored. Yeah, I think I think it will be a good test for LSU's defense so we can figure out just, like, kind of where they're at. Because Georgia's got a legit power-running game, you know, mm-hmm. with the types of backs that they got there. You know, they've got the home-run hitter, and then they've got a couple other really good backs. And they've got the ability to go play action. So I think it'll it'll be interesting to see and see, like, you know, Georgia's defense has some talented players on it, but they're still, you know, not at the level that a lot of other SEC teams are at. So, right, it'll be interesting. Oh, that was my phone. <laughs> Oklahoma State at not Oklahoma State. We got Oklahoma, the Sooners, Boomer Sooner at Notre Dame. Big matchup for the Irish. I mean, they've been like every every uh, you know pick six this year, I think so far. Plus three and a half. The Sooners are favored. Give me the Irish. In this one, I, both teams have been really struggling compared to what their expectations are, but I like the line play for Notre Dame, just the the talent and the strength that they have up there to determine the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even if Oklahoma wins, it's going to be a close one. So I like Notre Dame. I think I'll, I'll just I'm just going to take Oklahoma because I kind of I like Oklahoma's defense more in this matchup than I like Notre Dame's. Mm. Um, you know, the strength of Notre Dame's defense is that front seven, of course. 
Oklahoma's really good at running the ball. Mm-hmm. But I think that their quarterback has actually shown the capability to throw the ball. And I think that's kind of all you've got to be able to do mm-hmm. against Notre Dame because yeah. that secondary is bad. And, um, I you know, I think if they could at least move the ball down the field enough, I think they'll hold – I. I wouldn't be surprised if they hold Notre Dame out of the end zone the entire game. Wow. Like, I I really like Oklahoma's defense this year. Mm. So I'm going to take them. I'm going to take them by at least a touchdown. Strong pick. Uh, Mississippi. Ole Miss going to Alabama. Alabama minus 15 and a half at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. What are your thoughts on this one? Um, well, you know, there's, there's, seems like there's so many stories this week about how all these ways Mississippi could somehow be Alabama and stuff. I, I don't really get it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, you know, I, I think a lot of times when we expect Alabama to go blow teams out, they just don't really do that. Um, I think they beat you. They just kind of physically beat you. Mm Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter if they put up 50 points on you or not, because usually you don't see that. But when they have to, they'll score that many points. I think they just do whatever it takes to win. Yeah. And I think that I think Mississippi's just outmatched. You know, I, I I really don't think I think they could stay with them for maybe a half. But after that, they're just that that run game is just brutal. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I wouldn't want to have to. You know, next year is going to be miserable <laughs> to have to play them. And, uh, yeah, so I'm going to say I think Alabama could, could you know, especially because I think their defense is talented, um, you know, not quite as talented as last year, but I think that they could, you know, win from that, like, 17-point to, like, 24-point range kind of yep. thing. Yep. No, I hear you. I wanted to pick Mississippi because I think 15.5 is a lot, but when it comes down to it... It's at home. It too. is at home, like... I I got to see someone beat Alabama before I think that there's, you know, a nick in the armor. Yeah, I I mean they played the best offensive team they'll probably yeah. play all year. And they held and up they them. They went toe to toe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's like when we we say, "Oh, their defense doesn't look as good this year." Their offense is really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really good. You, we talk about Texas Tech. People Texas talk defense. about Mississippi's offense with, you know, the running back, I think Jeff Taylor's his name. Uh, but you know the offense. You you can't screw yeah. up against them. That's the other thing. Yep. You really can't because Texas A and M screwed up and it cost them the game. Absolutely did. So I they 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 will take an interception back for a touchdown like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. I'm taking Bama. Uh, Wisconsin at Ohio State. Big Ten matchup start. Not a lot of Big Ten teams playing. A lot of them do have buys this week. Mm-hmm. But you've got the Badgers going to the Buckeyes. Buckeyes with a seven-point advantage at 8 p.m. Give me the Bucks. I don't like to pick Ohio State in back-to-back weeks, much less, you know, period. But you know, Wisconsin's playing okay, and Ohio State is the class of the Big Ten. In a relatively weak Big Ten this year, Ohio State 7 should be no problem. Even though they do have, uh, you know, Kenny Guyton's, you know, still... Playing well enough to get the starter, and Braxton Miller's coming back, so they're right now they're co-starters, and that's kind of strange for Ohio State. But if anyone could figure out, it's Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta like their confidence coming off of hanging a seventy-six on an opponent. Yeah, it, was it the the last time that 
Wisconsin beat Ohio State. Didn't they need like they needed like a I think the first play of the game they returned the kickoff for a touchdown mm-hmm. and they returned an interception for a touchdown. Yeah, it was a lot of breaks. They needed from. like everything mm-hmm. and they just barely beat them. Um, like. I think Wisconsin's physical play is something that you need to beat Ohio State, which is why I think like a lot of um, like physical defensive teams can really like. I think Michigan State will probably give them trouble, even though Michigan State will be able to score mm. <laughs> against them. Um, so I, I think you know Wisconsin should keep this close for a while, um, but I feel like you just. You know, regardless of who Ohio State is doing, putting all these great offensive numbers up against right now, like I feel like they could probably do it against a lot of the teams on their schedule. Yeah, um, seven feels like too little. Yeah, to me. I, I, right now, Ohio State's offense with that new quarterback is just clicking. Mm-hmm. I, it, it doesn't look like it's going to slow down, which is why I feel like, you know, when we get into the fourth quarter, Ohio State is going to get a lot of garbage points against wisconsin basically yep yeah it'll be refreshing to see some competition though finally cal at oregon minus 36 at 10 30 p.m eastern time got the golden bears and the ducks who do you got um oregon coming off a bye in the past like i probably would have taken cal with this with this spread i mean that's for a lot of teams, that is a giant spread, but for Oregon, it really isn't. It's not as big as a lot of the spreads they've had earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think they just got so many explosive players on offense, and uh, I mean, they actually have one of the better defenses in their conference as well. Um, so, you know, I think maybe if that was up to like 40, I probably wouldn't take it. But because it's below 40, I think I'm going to take it. I'm, I'm going to go with Oregon. Mm. I'm going to go Cal. I think 36 is a lot. And while Oregon does have a good defense and all, I think this game over and under, maybe 100. A lot of scoring in this game. I think Cal has a strong enough passing attack. to They'll, they'll still get blown out. Don't get me wrong. But I think it's going to be more along the 27 number than it is the 36 and over. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and Oregon could they could take out their starters when they think the game's finished, mm-hmm. and then or, uh, Cal could score. Yeah, I mean that that certainly could happen, especially when you've got, um, yeah, it's a good pick because if, if you think it's going to be a shootout, you usually want to take, you know, any kind of backdoor cover or anything like that. You want to get that yep. in there because it usually is going to happen, just like that Alabama Texas oh, A&M absolutely, game. yep. Uh, we both have to cover our extra point this week. Uh, Michigan's on a bye. West Virginia's playing in the pick six. So we've got Florida State at Boston College plus 21 and a half. I'll take the Seminoles. I was tempted because that's a big spread as well. And Florida State has sometimes choked on those big spreads. But, you know, they haven't had much competition the past couple weeks. Um, you know, Nevada a couple weeks ago. Uh, they've racked up almost 60 points each week. Jameis Wilson is Winston. Excuse me. Jameis Winston is you know, playing... Out of his mind, really. Mm-hmm. And Boston College is not that formidable of a team. So I like the Seminoles this week to cover yeah, 21 um, and a half. I, I want to say, didn't USC play Boston College earlier? Yeah, and 35-7, I think the score was. Yeah. And, I, you know, Florida State's much better than USC. I mean, they might be like um, 
they might be kind of equal defensively because USC's defense looks a lot better this year, um, but offensively way ahead of it, USC. And um, I think I think it will definitely be one of those games where you could probably get Winston out by the end of the third quarter. Um, I, I think they'll run up the score, mm-hmm. even if they're not trying to because they're just that much more talented than Boston College is this year. So I think they can definitely cover a kind of a 22 point spread something like that mm-hmm. um probably beat them by like 35 or something like that yeah uh big news breaking news before we move on to nfl uh, detroit tigers will reinstate johnny peralta from his 50 game suspension for peds this weekend oh hmm. uh no word and if he's actually going to be playing for the team come playoff time although there is you know, rumblings around the city here that he's started to play left field as instead of shortstop because they have Jose Iglesias, who's so talented and so good, at least defensively. He's mm-hmm. serviceable at you know, hitting, but a defensive marvel. Um, but, you know, they're thinking of putting Johnny Peralta in left field if he can play well enough to try to get his bat back. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see that develop as these players start to return from their suspensions early in the year. Yeah. Anyway, NFL, we start with Detroit as well. Chicago at the Detroit Lions, minus two and a half. Detroit's favorite in this game? That's crazy. Give me the Bears. I mean, Reggie Bush is trying to you know come back, and that will you know add a, a good dynamic to the Detroit offense. Uh, last time these two teams played with you know this kind of you know first place is on the line really in the NFC North right now. Uh, there was a big blowout on Monday Night Football that Detroit had in 2011 against the Bears. But you know, Chicago is undefeated. They're playing good football right now. Um, two and a half for Detroit. I don't see that. Give me the Bears. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know if maybe that's just because it's on the road, but Chicago just went to Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. which is a really hard place to play and put up 40 points. Yeah. So, uh Granted, the turnovers did help, but still. Yeah, I mean, definitely. But, you know, they forced those turnovers, too. So, um, they just they look really good offensively and defensively right now. I mean, they, they're pretty much the they're pretty much leading in that North Division because they beat Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think they can definitely go into Detroit and, you know, I mean, all they got to do is win by field goal. Yeah. And they cover that, so I'm going to take Chicago. Yeah, and then Detroit's got a rough go. They got to go to Green Bay after that, where they haven't won since like 1992 Ugh, for a, a division hard... opponent. Yeah, I... and it looks like a hard year to do that, too. Mm-hmm. Although Cincinnati, who just beat Green Bay last week, goes to the Cleveland Browns plus four and a half, so the Bengals are favoring that one. Uh, yeah, what do you think, Joel? The new look Browns, can they get the upset? No, I I think Cincinnati finally played like they should, mm-hmm. <laughs> like everyone was expecting them to, and they beat one of the hotter teams in the NFL. Um, and Cleveland doesn't have nearly that kind of quarterback play. No. Um, I, I I you know, 
you know, it's 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 nice to see Cleveland doing well after the changes they made, but it's at least um, trying to be competitive instead of just you know rolling Cincinnati them down. is so familiar with them mm. that it's I, I I think even if they were to play better, it probably wouldn't matter because they're just so familiar with what they do offensively and defensively. Cleveland's gonna play an actual defense this week, one that has a very strong defensive line. I don't think it's this. I don't think it's that close. I really don't. Um, you know, good for Brian Hoyer for getting you know the starting job again. Yeah, and it's you know great for that team, great for that city. But I don't think you can put much stock in that win. He might. I mean, he could play his way into a contract or a trade or something like that. That's so true. That's a good thing for him. Uh, they're they're playing for that draft pick though. Mm-hmm. That, well, that's what I mean. Maybe a trade. Seattle Seahawks going to the Houston Texans, favored by three points. Does Houston get the win they need? I think Seattle's playing too hot right now. Now, if it were at home for Seattle, I don't think it would be no question. But the momentum they're playing with right now, and Houston's got to dig deep. they got to find something, or else their season is slipping away from them. Yeah. But I think Seattle is very confident right now. You know, they're coming off a game against the Jaguars, and... That could have been a trap game, maybe. No, not even. Who, who are we kidding? Seattle's playing too good right now. I like them to cover the three. Yeah, I like, you know, a lot of people say offenses, like, sometimes they don't always travel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they don't always show up when you go somewhere else. But defenses travel. And Seattle, right now, looks like the best defense in the NFL. I, You know, you could compare it to a few other teams, but... Right now, that is the reason that they are killing teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all thought San Francisco was supposed to have a good offense this year, and they shut them down. And, uh, you know, they pretty much did the same thing everywhere they've gone so far. So um, it'll it'll be interesting to see if Houston can, you know, generate enough offensively to keep this game close. I, I think that's the problem because right now they just are not moving the ball. Um, and I think that, you know, when their offense goes off the field, their defense goes right back out there. That's the reason their defense is struggling. Yep. They're on the field. Too tired. So we both got Seattle on that one. Mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys at San Diego Chargers plus one, more or less, uh, I, you know, pick them. <laughs> I don't <laughs> kind of like which quarterback do you like more? <laughs> uh... <laughs> I I'll go with San Diego. Sure, I think they have more weapons offensively than Dallas. I mean, I think Dallas might have a better defense though. But I'll go I like, San Diego because it's at San Diego. I like the Chargers that well. Yeah, at home, uh, you know, the home crowd. They found something there with Philip Rivers and Eddie Royal. Eddie Royal, you know, most touchdowns receiving in the league right now. Mm-hmm. He is on a tear. Uh, you know, they'll they'll keep that up. I don't think running the ball is going to be as important. You know, Philip Rivers has thrown for 400 yards in a game this season. Like they'll they'll be fine passing the ball. And you know, Des Bryant's playing through a bit of an injury. Uh, that's mm-hmm. their you know the Cowboys' big threat out wide. Whereas you know, I think the defense for San Diego will play well enough that they can win that game there. Mm-hmm. Interesting game on Sunday night. New England Patriots going to the Georgia Dome for the Atlanta Falcons. Line of zero, real <laughs> toss up here, and I like the Falcons as well. I think 
you know, New England handled Tampa Bay, which is a bad team now that we look at it. But otherwise, New England had you know, played some really close games against teams that they could have lost to. I think with Atlanta and the passing attack, and you're looking at a weaker you know, defensive secondary unit for the Patriots, I think that's going to make the difference there. And you know, the, Atlanta still doesn't have Steven Jackson back from that injury. But I think the passing attack makes the biggest difference against the Patriots. Yeah. And give me the Falcons at home. Yeah, the way you beat the Patriots is you just keep their offense off the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Atlanta's more than capable of doing that. I think a lot of teams are capable of doing that against my uh, New England, but I think they just haven't really played the teams that have been able to do that yet. Um, I mean, really easy early schedule for them. And it's going to get harder, but uh, I just think Atlanta has too much talent offensively to probably be stopped all game by New England, and Tom Brady's going to be playing catch-up the entire game. Mm-hmm. All right, last game, Joel. We got Miami Dolphins, 3-0. and Miami Dolphins going to the New Orleans Saints, and the Saints are favored by 6.5 on Monday night. Um, And they should be. <laughs> Because New Orleans is a lot better this year. Um, kind of, you know, getting back at the NFL, mm-hmm. <laughs> you could say. More or less. And, um, you know, Miami, you know, looks all right with, you know, what they've got there so far. But I don't think they're at the level that New Orleans is. Uh, offensively, could probably score on anybody. And looking a lot better defensively. Um mm. And, I mean, I think New Orleans is probably one of the hardest places to play. It, it seems like one of those places where I've watched many a even Monday night game there. And what was it? The Patriots went there one time and just got shellacked. Yeah. <laughs> um, it seems like once something goes good there for that team, they just kind of roll you over. So I think, I think uh, probably, you know win by at least two touchdowns in this one. So mm-hmm. I think that that's an easy spread for them to cover. Yeah. Uh, I have the Dolphins, however. Uh, I just got a feeling about Miami. Uh, it's not much logic to it. But, you know, I think that six and a half is a big spread in the mm-hmm. NFL. And I think with the way Miami's playing, you know, solid enough on defense, they're getting the running game going, which is big for them. I don't think they win the game, but I think they keep it close enough. Mm-hmm. Which, if Tampa could keep it close against New Orleans, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we'll we'll see. I, I got I got Miami in this one. Just a, a gut feeling. Uh, good for them for starting off three and zero. That's that's big for them. Yeah, franchise. I mean, they made they made some good moves in the offseason. Got mm-hmm. more players to help out on offense, which is what they've needed for a long time. They needed to put players around a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And they seem to have one, even if he's a converted wide receiver from college. Yeah. All right, I think that's it for this week. Anything that we need to bring up? Um, As we are over the hill and you know, are 40 episodes. Wow. That's, that's impressive. Hmm. Success. <laughs> 
Not game over. <laughs> well, it's going to be a good week of football. Some good matchups to watch in college and NFL. So fire up your local channels. Get your red zone going if you have it. And it's it's going to be a good one. Yeah. That, um, well, at least what my, my brother-in-law was telling me the other day is that the, the reason that it's there on is because they threw it in. Oh. This year for, I guess, I don't know, he's, I think he said Comcast? Or something like yeah, that? Yeah, may- maybe. I don't know, but like I was like, because I don't remember paying for it. And he was like, oh, well, I think they threw it in. I was like, what? That is nice it. of them. Yeah. Well, anyway, with that, I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. We hope you enjoy the weekend sports.